0: Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Let's see if I can still do this after taking two shows off. I am back from Tampa. I'm back from Denver. Nobody happier than one Kevin Kincaid. Let's bring that man on right now. What's up, Kinker? You missed me?
1: Yeah, what's going on, man? You good? was how, how Denver? How is Tampa? You're like world traveler, man. Uh, I know. I didn't
0: even um, know where you were. I went to Craig after our flight, and I just was like, I'm done flying for a little bit. I think I'm done flying for a couple weeks. Um, Turbulence is really getting to me, man. I'm not a bad flyer, but, man, the turbulence is bad. I don't know. I don't know what's going on up there, but we we landed safely. uh, Got down in Denver. Very tough landing. Don't really appreciate that one. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, but we're we're good. I'm not going to fly for a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it was was interesting. I don't think I'm going to go back to Denver anytime soon either. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been there, but before the pandemic, I went and it was awesome. It was great. Mm -hmm. It sucks now. It sucks. We got chased by a homeless guy. There are homeless everywhere. We were down in Lodo, lower downtown. It's okay down there. Lodo. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I do appreciate how walkable it is, but everybody's always like, you know, breweries and weed breweries and weed got to go out there and get the breweries and weed and i just i look at them and i go i could go five minutes over the bridge now and just go to just as good as a brewery and get Mm. just as much weed um you know if you're if you're a sights guy if you're a hiker if you're a a runner like craig is uh you'll appreciate the beauty the nature the uh the aesthetic of denver but if you're like me who's just a mongrel who just you know likes to drink likes to yell at nuggets fans Mm. and you know do an edible or two I can do that here. So I don't think uh, Denver's in my plans anytime forward.
1: Yeah, that's a good observation. I went to Colorado about 15 years ago. My uh, cousin, I have two cousins who live out in the Denver area. Bloomfield, Broomfield, something like that. Um, I should know that. But yeah, I mean, it was like the scenery was amazing. And we went up to Boulder. We saw University of Colorado. We came back down. We uh Went to colorado springs we did pike's peak down there yeah we did pike's peak came back up we drove uh we did estes park rocky mountain national park which was the shiz nats and uh yeah and then we drove from denver to la so oh shit awesome yeah yeah i mean like through utah through like grand like grand junction well you go through like aspen and vale I mean like that would that direction. You gotta drive through the Rockies and then you get to Grand Junction on the west side. You go to Utah. That part of Utah is like like the may as well be on the moon. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing out there except like mountains and like, you know, amazing scenery. And then yeah, I went to Vegas and LA from there. But I don't know. I watched your videos, man. The Nuggets fans were like I they didn't really seem like fans. They didn't seem to have much juice for <laughs> for for what was going on. A do thought, thought Kevin Herter was the MVP last year. Is that what he yeah, Did Yeah,
0: did you watch the one I just released today? And if anyone saw it, uh, I did just release a video about an hour or two hours ago. Um, the full video pregame before the uh, the Nuggets um, Sixers game. Did you watch that one? The full. You're talking about the full episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the whole thing. There was a yeah. lot of juice for that one. But I just, yeah. there's something about Nuggets fans, man. And I don't really interact with people. On Twitter, so like I don't get into like the the depths of hell and and fight with people with you know Jokic profiles and, yeah. and Jamal Murray profiles or Mike Malone pictures and stuff. Um, it was amazing how many people <laughs> just kamikaze me and then ran away. Yeah, it would just be like Joel Embiid's soft, and then before I know it, they're 15 feet down the street. You know, being here in Philadelphia and stuff, everybody will come up and talk to you. They'll this talk to you. Like Chris
1: by the way. Look at him. Guy looks like a
0: lot of people guy looks like bro. he tried to argue with me over kicking over kicking balls over Jokic Jokic is a better defender because of steals because of deflections and because he can kick balls. And I was like, I just knew immediately this guy never played a game of competitive basketball in his life.
1: So wait, why? Do, so let me ask you this. Why do you think people didn't like want to engage?
0: I think I, I think it's a, just a different um, it's, a, it's a different society out there. Different Culture. Um, they just culture. culture
1: yeah okay they're non. Really, are they
0: non-confrontational people out there it's definitely the midwestern nice um they are definitely non-confrontational when we were walking around doing the first video where i was asking people who the mvp was last year a uh, lot of a lot of heads buried when uh when the camera came around like they never seen a, a news van like a cbs or a nbc or a fox or whatever yeah which was a little interesting i didn't understand that one mm. um and then people were uh, so we were actually worried about the video so people were uh, so when people uh, were starting to come up to us, it actually felt better. A lot of Sixers fans, great Sixers representation out there. Um, but yeah, man, I just, you know, their brains are warped out there, man. They're, they're, they're warped off of just like we would be if, if Jokic was here or just like we were with Ben Simmons. If, you know, you got your analytics folk who are just like vorp raptor, you know, catch all stats and everything. And you got your people who are just like Embiid's a soft ass bitch, even though he played with a broken face in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I like Jokic. I personally like Jokic. I, I think he's a really hard guy to hate. I actually agree with what Mike Malone said last week. How we just we've made this like a uh, more uh, personal than it needs it's to. be. T-
1: it's toxic. It's yeah. gotten that way. Yeah,
0: but it's also yeah. like it's 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 the writers' fault. It's the people on social media's fault. It's not Jokic or Joel Embiid's fault. Now, Joel Embiid did call him out before the game um, when Shams released that article. Um, um, well, but I don't know.
1: That was terrible. I mean, yeah, that was shit timing. That couldn't have been worse. You know, that big interview. I know he didn't do it that day like he didn't record the interview that day but right the timing of it then comes out and it's like well he's not uh playing tonight you know it just the optics of it looked like shit but I don't I guess I don't really know maybe somebody in the chat can can help explain it but I don't know I don't know what Denver sports fans are like like what's a Rockies fan like what is a Broncos fan I mean like Mile High always seemed to have Seemed to be full. Uh, it seemed mm-hmm. like they liked their football out there. I mean, yeah. back in the day, Colorado had a good college program. Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, they, 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 I don't know what the what the mountain pe- the mountain people. What is that? Are <laughs> <That's been> talking <laughs> yeah. about like West Virginia or something like yeah. Appalachia or something? Because like the, they're not. Denver's not the Midwest, but it's not the West Coast. Yeah, like it's all right, the they're state. not. <laughs> colorado's a flyover state yeah well the, well, the part
0: where the airport or the part where they land you at the airport is like may as well be the desert it may as well be like western it's wild it's camp. wild how much land is out there and stuff so i was talking to a couple of people i tried to you know ingratiate myself in the culture shout out to me they are huge broncos fans it's kind of broncos, like here. So you think it's more of a football yes. like yes okay it's right. eagles like it's eagles here um, and then it's kind of like, who's good right now? So the Nuggets are very good. The Avalanche just won the title. And the Rockies suck. So it's basically, I think right now, it's a yeah. fight between Avalanche versus the Nuggets for the second one. And I think they ride so hard with Jokic, like we yeah. ride with Embiid, that I think the Nuggets right now are, uh, are number are two. just
1: kind of whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. The Avalanche are like a a great franchise. I don't think of them as being some, you know cockamamie bullshit mm-hmm. NHL free. Fran- like that's a legit NHL franchise. The Denver Broncos are a legit NFL franchise. I don't know. I don't know much about the Rockies current standing in major league baseball. They're not the executive. The, I don't know. They're not the Marlins, you know, but they're not the Red Sox either. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. Colorado with Dion there with De- with Dion Sanders, that there'll be interesting a lot but of, may, lot may, of
0: buffalo a sh- lot of lot of buffalo sweatshirts a lot of, lot CU, lot of, stuff of U- U- CU stuff which was yeah. uh I feel like I I feel like that wasn't uh really on people's uh people's bodies wow. before the dion news I'm I'm just going to say a lot of CU stuff did you
1: um uh, did you see any Colorado state stuff there or any like air force people up up in
0: Denver proper not really. I saw more Cincinnati Bearcat fans. than I saw Colorado State or uh, no, no. Air Force. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't know because then it makes me wonder. It's like, so who who are these Jokic people? Like, who are these internet people? You know, I mean, I guess the internet, like sh- Twitter, shit talking fan base is larger than what you're just going to find at the arena on a on a given night. You know, but I don't know if it, I sense people walking into it like it was just any regular game. I guess I guess you know Embiid not playing probably took some juice out of it, but. I don't know. I guess I never really thought about that because the Avalanche are really good in the Broncos or the Broncos. That maybe the Nuggets, I guess, are probably like team number three out there, you know, at this point, you know. But isn't that what the Sixers are too? Like you know? right now, yeah. Yeah. It's um, just funny how there's this is the closest MVP race that there's been in basketball in forever, right? And it's like a huge topic nationally or whatever. But like here, I get the sense that people, like I, a lot of people on, you know, a lot of people on Monday were just sort of like, whatever, playoffs. You know, whatever. really, yeah, a lot I of think people so. were it. There, they were, yeah. I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter. I saw a before lot the of the Joel
0: that. news. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty feisty. I thought it was pretty feisty out there. I think you yeah, were ready I mean, to go. Had,
1: well, yeah. And I mean, they had the winning streak before they went into the back to back, you know, so maybe some of the juices lost there. I, I don't know. I just, I've you and I talk about how much the NBA regular season just does not matter. And I had this one circled on the counter. And this was the regular yeah. season game that I was looking forward to more than anything. We were denied that. And so it's like, uh, you know, if you, if he's not going to play in the game, then I'm like, okay, I agree. It's smart. And it's probably better in the larger picture of things for him to be healthy for the playoffs. But then why should I give a shit mm-hmm. about the regular season? Because this is what I want. And I don't, I don't, here's the biggest thing that bothers me. People are like, well, you know, he dropped 47 on him when they met before. What does he have to prove? Yeah, it was in Philly. Go do it in front of his fans. Go do it on the way there since
0: 2019. Can you believe that? I know. That?
1: I know. So I don't, it's like, it's like people saying like, Well, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't have anything to prove against the Giants. When they played him at Lincoln Financial Field, he scored three touchdowns. Go fucking do it on their field. Yeah. Go do it on their field. You know I mean? Like, am I missing something there? Is that not – do people not place as much value in, like, the return leg of this, you know,
0: quote-unquote series or whatever? I think this was a Sixers move. I really, I, I just can't see him going through all that trouble. And and I like I, people, I don't think he talks as much shit as people said because he did give Jokic his flowers literally two sentences before, but everyone obviously took the quote that he was. He always the MVP. does. Yeah. He always does. Yeah. Always does. Yeah. And I, I just can't see a guy who cares so much about his legacy and cares so much about the MVP and cares so much about what people think, who is a troll and typically always backs up being a troll, want to sit out against Jokic because he. He knows. He knows storylines. He follows storylines. He knows everything about NBA, NBA Twitter, NBA Reddit, all this stuff. He he reads the things that are said about him. He knows everything that's been said about him. He knew he was going to take it on the chin if he sat out. That's why I just I don't understand why he would play back to back because the well I do understand because he wants to play basketball, but the Sixers should have stepped in on one of those games and been like, "Hey, listen, Joe, we got Denver coming up. You know, you're going to want to play against them." If you play these back to backs, you're not playing that game on Monday. And I really do think this was a Sixers thing pulling them out. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something that Joel Embiid, especially if if they don't, you know, do what they got to do in the playoffs. If we hear a story during the summer that Joel Embiid was pissed that they, uh, especially if he loses the MVP, that he had to hold out against Jokic.
1: Why not both? What's that meme right with the little Asian girl who says, "Why not both? You can have, you can be ready for the playoffs and you can win the MVP too." I don't. I have no clue still why he played both to the back-to-back when yeah. they could have sat him on the front end or the back end played him in Denver come back you get the day off and then you're back at home against Dallas you know but you know obviously the voters based on the straw poll that came out today ESPN 3.0 straw poll or whatever they're on now mm-hmm. still think that Embiid's the MVP right and he's got Milwaukee he's got Boston and they beat yeah. Milwaukee in Milwaukee earlier this month so like you know he's still if he if he if he does if he plays well against Milwaukee and Boston say they split like one and one there, I don't think there's anything Jokic can do if Embiid plays well down the stretch because Jokic has Jokic has to play at Phoenix twice. You got Sacramento at home. That game might not matter because it's the last one. Here's uh, Craig's pulling up the straw poll here. Um, the Sixers have the harder schedule than the Nuggets down the stretch. They play in the better conference. They play in the better division. Blah blah. Everything's harder on on, on this side, right? So the the ESPN straw poll. Embiid has 790 points and Jokic has 788. Uh, it, it can't be any closer than that. The, the difference here is that Embiid's got 40 first-place votes. Jokic has 42 first-place votes, but Embiid has more second-place votes. So some of the Giannis people are – I'm not going to say it's like Ralph Nader uh, <laughs> in 1990. It's like Jill Green? Shit, was that 1992, I think? When was Nader? 1992? Yeah um no not ralph nader who the fuck why am i uh ross perot was it ross perot who took a bunch of votes from like bush or something like that I don't come know. on man you're talking the wrong guy oh my god i don't know yeah we got a uh um oh f per says that was a taco commercial that the meme came from i doubt she was asian i'm sorry i thought the little <laughs>
0: girl was asian i don't know what do i know this is going back to the straw poll this is gonna be really funny when they're uh when they're like when their Jokic <laughs> had more first place votes than uh then jo- uh, Joel Embiid, and then we're transported back to 2020 when it's she won the popular vote. That's going to be the news narrative where it's like Joe <laughs> won the popular vote. <laughs> the popular it's gonna vote. Be like yeah. By the way, uh,
1: Ford's asking me if I'm a surfer because I'm wearing. I, I somehow ended up with two Quicksilver items today. I don't know how this happened. I'm wearing a Quicksilver hat and a and a shirt. I'm like kind of frazzled. I got paint on my hands. I've been trying to like paint in between doing stories. I'm trying to multitask. I didn't shave. I don't know. I'm just kind of here. It's opening day. It was Ross Perot. Yeah, thank you very much. Alex Day says it was Ross Perot. Where what the fuck was Ralph Nader anyway? Was he like the Green Party candidate or
0: something? I oh, don't know. I always saw the signs on one of my neighbors, uh neighbor's lawns, like that's a libertarian. That's a that's an independent over there. I like that. Um <laughs> <laughs> how you me and you, a couple seam heads. You excited? You excited about opening day? Like, you know, where are we where are we barometer right now? You know, I am
1: can... I am excited. I don't I, I have to be honest too. I think the last three weeks of what I've done on the site is kind of shit. Um. wow I've like my inspiration has kind of been gone over the last three weeks I need a vacation I'm going on vacation at the end of the month but like you know you and I have not taken off through the Phillies World Series run through the Eagles season through the Super Bowl for whatever I just don't well, like, like I running. took off Thursday and Friday
0: Kevin. well you took yeah. two
1: days off I mean that's not really yeah I mean we, we nobody's really been on vacation though right you know what I'm saying so I just don't feel like I have a lot of juice the Sixers or whatever you know right but the Phils man it's it's did people haven't haven't. Um, when's the last time people had this much juice for a Philly season?
0: 2012. 12. 2013, maybe fourteen. You could argue. Yeah. So yeah, so it's been about 10, nine years, ten years. I mean, even yeah. I, mean, I was looking at the. I was someone tweeted out the opening lineup of last year. Didi mm-hmm. still on it. Didi Gregorius. Well, o'double was in the forty. Was on the forty man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Juris Familia was on the, the 40 man yeah. I wrote like of the most Captain obvious uh, column that you could write for uh, on the site today and it was titled something like Philadelphia is a better sports town when the baseball team is good and fans are engaged, you know, and it's like, of course, no shit, right? I mean, it's not a hot take to say that Philly is a better, a better place when the baseball team is good. But like my honest, like that was based on the idea of the premise that baseball is I think that baseball is the only sport in Philadelphia that can eclipse the Eagles like at like at any particular moment in time. I think that if the Sixers are like the best team on the planet or the Flyers are the best team on the planet or whoever's the best team on the planet like the Eagles are still going to be number 1 in town. But I remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago during the tail end, the middle part of that Phillies run, they were bigger than the Eagles. They I just don't I don't bigger. agree with that. They were absolutely bigger that they were. They were. They led I mean, when we did. When we did eyewitness sports, the Phillies went before the Eagles. When you listen to the radio, the Phillies got more phone calls than the Eagles did. Philly has always been a baseball town. Not not at not at the like expense of being a football town. I mean, it can be both of those things at the same time. But in my lifetime, the only team, the only sport that I've seen eclipse the Eagles in popu- popularity. To, who, who gives a fuck if Philadelphia? is a- <laughs> It's a saying. It's a saying, sports town. It's a saying, sports town, right? Well, can,
0: you, can we please uh, pronouns now, city? It's a sports city. All right, use <laughs> foot right. off with pronouns correctly. Yeah. We don't want to misgender
1: anybody on on uh, crossing broadcast, but th- but this is right. Philly fan has it right here. The end of the Andy Reid era got stale. Now it, now people got to understand like the zeitgeist of the moment. Correct. Uh, is that the Phillies were hot the Eagles were on the back end of Andy's run you had the dream team you had the wide nine and like they hadn't they didn't win a playoff game after the 2009 game against the Cardinals the Phillies rose to the top the Phillies were the number one team in town for three okay. years and that, that's I, I, don't think any, I don't think any other team can do that yeah so I, so I think you and you have this void I wrote this column last year on the site and we talked about it on the show sure. this last summer was the best Philly sports summer that we had had in 10 years okay? The Phillies were the best that they had been in 10 years. If you were a union fan, the union ended up going to MLS cup. So if you're a baseball and a soccer fan, those teams had not been that good together ever. Right. And even if you were a four for four fan, the Phillies had not been that good in a long time, but people weren't, people were hesitant to jump on the bandwagon because they didn't know if they were real or if they were pretender, they've answered the question. They're not a pretender. They're for real. You know, the NL East is going to be the best division in baseball, the best it's been in, in decades, right? How, How can you not have, juice for this this season how can you how can you not be looking forward to it you know and i i go back to 10 years ago and i remember when the phillies were the number one team in town and i'm not saying they're going to jump the the, the eagles at this time because the the where the eagles are it's different than where the eagles were 10 years ago but it's it feels different It just
0: feels different um this time this year than it did last year it might feel different but i'm going back to your original point that the phillies will never usurp Usurp, whatever the word is, the, uh, the Eagles. I mean, we're talking about they were signing Christian what Panache yesterday. I mean, Terrell Edmond gets signed on on I'm, Saturday, and I'm at the bachelor party breaking it down with my my buddies. We're finding out where he went to college. We're finding out what, what pick he was and everything. I mean, that's just some safety that might get cut in the middle of camp. Here's, uh, here's, here's the honest truth. I'm
1: going to be 100% honest with everybody. Like this week, last week, the week before that, I don't give a flying fuck about the Eagles. I do I don't wow. care about. I do not care about the draft. I need an Eagles break. The 8-0, 8-1 Super Bowl whatever. Like can we just put the Eagles on the side burner for for a week no. or two? Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about basketball. We've got all these other good things to talk about in town. We we're going to talk about the Eagles for 80% of the time regardless. Why can't we take a 3-week break, a 4-week break, or get to the draft and then put, and have the draft and then put them on the shelf for a couple months? You know, the best part about the Phillies being good is that it fills this void of insipid, nonsense, like boring Eagles talk in May. We don't have to talk about the Eagles in May. We don't have to talk about the Eagles in June. That. We don't have to talk about the Eagles in July. We're going to talk about them every single other day for the rest of the calendar. So I don't know why it's so hard for people to just detach from that a little bit. So the baseball team is going to be really good. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about basketball. We'll get I'll to give the you- Eagles. We will talk about the Eagles, you know?
0: I'll give you May and June, but when ESP starts charting Jalen Hurts' throws, I'm going to have to break it down and talk about it. All right. Sorry. Well, I, listen, but that's how far away are we from that? We're five months away
1: from that, right? So let's talk about this other shit. Fr- this other shit. Frank is right. Kincaid, Kinker is burned out on the Eagles. I'm burned out on the Eagles. You know, I need an Eagles break. You know, that's all. I love football just as much as anybody, but I can't. I can't get like I can't do the film breakdown of Terrell Edmonds right now. You know,
0: what about the film breakdown of Jalen Carter, or Christian Gonzalez? Now that the uh, Eagles got the number zero passed. It's gotta be Christian Gonzalez coming to 10. Do we know why the Eagles
1: wanted, wanted this? Did, was that question ever answered? Like, no, I heard they're trying to push double zero now. (laughs) We're trying to push double zero. OK, yeah. so like Jim Otto for the Raiders back in like 1973. What,
0: what, I just feel yeah. like I mean, maybe how he just gets bored and he's like, you know what? Let's do zero. Let's do double zero. Let's get crazy. Let's do negative numbers get crazy with it. Well, but we don't think that they're going to draft
1: Gonzalez now, right? Because uh, they've got Slay and Bradbury. Or do we think the Eagles are going to do an Eagles thing and say, we don't give a shit. We're going to draft the best guy available at number 10. You know, Slay's oh, not getting any younger. You
0: know, they're definitely BPA team so it could be Christian Gonzalez coming in around number 10. He's going around, he's getting mocked like from like seven to 10, but I really don't know. I'm trying to think like, what, what would you be like in Howie's brain? Like in Howie's brain, what would, what would a zero be like, or what would a double zero be necessary to have? Maybe it's just, um, maybe they're thinking of like roster management. Maybe they're thinking more roster, you know, can you add more people to the roster now? Number zero, they're trying to like, you know, get 53 to 54, 55, whatever. I guess the like, so Philly know.
1: Philly fan says that Jeffrey Lurie said they were running out of numbers. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. You have like retired numbers that guys can't use anymore. I know the Yankees have run into this problem. They've <laughs> retired so many numbers, they don't know what to wear anymore. I think you have guys in training camp are probably wearing like multiple numbers. I, I don't know. I, I guess I maybe mean, that's that's could be something to it, you know? Um, I don't know. And I'm not a numbers guy, I've never understood. Number. Whenever they ask me what number I wanted in school or whatever, I'm like, I don't know, give me 13, right? It sounds like the most True. contrarian number. Give me the contrarian number, you know? Give that's an ugly
0: number, dude. Yeah.
1: Bad luck, right? Number thirteen. I don't know. I thought it went well with a defender or whatever, but um, I have, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, and and yeah, David's on here saying like jersey sales, but well, sure. But I mean, they're going to sell jerseys regardless, right?
0: But um, I have here it's nine retired numbers on the Eagles, so I don't think they're really running out of numbers. What are they? Uh, McNabb, Steve Van Buren, Dawkins, Tom Brookshire, forty. Who who's wearing forty nowadays? Pete Retzlaff, 44, another one, fullback number. Chuck Bednarik, 60. Al Wister, 70. Reggie White, 92. Jerome Brown, 99. That's a sick number by Jerome Brown. Okay, so you've so how many was that again? Nine. Nine? Okay, so you
1: have 81, 50, 91 yeah, 81. other numbers that you can use. Are they really running out? I don't know.
0: You can always call, like, who, someone just did this um, last year. I think it was in baseball, and they just, or it may in been hockey. They just called the family and were like, "Hey, do you mind if I honor your your father or your your uh, husband by wearing the number?" And mm-hmm. the family was really cool with it. Now, obviously, I don't know if they're going to call yeah. Reggie White's family or Jerome Brown or Brian Dawkins or something like that, but like they're just like, "Hey, listen, I'd love to honor your uh, your husband or your uh, your your son or your." You know, your father, can I wear this number? And I thought that was actually pretty cool. Well,
1: I, I don't know when you were handed a number when they were doing jerseys at like Lansdale Catholic or even like flag football league or whatever, did you give a shit what number you got? Oh, I
0: fought kids under the number 12. Number No, that was a shit No, that's just that that was the worst number in the world. <laughs> Baby Shack. <laughs> Baby Shack, yeah. I was 34 at Washington cool. College, but you were when you were a freshman, you were handed that. You were like they were told they told you what to wear. Basically, all the, young, all the older guys got to pick their litter, and they're like, hey, we have like 47, we have 34, we have 38, and we have like 22. And then some of the jerseys would be XL, some of them would be double X for the bigger guys, and then some of them would be larger, the smaller guys. So if yeah. I, I, I couldn't do two, I'd be like, my fat my, my gut would be hanging over my, my uh, waistband. So 34, baby shack, yeah. cut off my widow's peak. It was a weird time. It was a weird time watching college with Kyle Pagan.
1: Who who even are the guys on the Eagles that are like in the forties anyway? Like like Kayvon Wallace is he wearing 40, forty forty two? He's forty two. Let me let me. Who, who's the other forties in here? Patrick Mike Johnson Robert. is forty eight. Rick Lovato is forty five. <laughs> they only have three guys in the forties to yeah. begin with. It's a fullback number. Yeah, John Ritchie yeah, ain't walking through that door. <laughs> or a long snapper number <laughs> 45 for Rick Lovato is Rick Lovato the most forgotten about Philadelphia? No,
0: that's a, his wife follows us on Instagram she's a very nice woman she parties a lot and Rick Lovato is a Super Bowl champion long snapper so show some goddamn respect there no Cameron. I didn't mean I was disrespecting him I'm saying is he the most forgotten about guy <laughs> he the most forgotten no I think of Rick Lovato almost every day because I watch his wife's sna- uh, Instagram stories. Okay,
1: so so were we ever able to confirm that she was the one like drinking twisted tea, or did we not? Ne- we never published that story, right? Because we couldn't we couldn't confirm
0: it or whatever. Oh, I, don't remember. I think it was either her, or yeah, Dallas Goddard's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Whoever so, it was, this is, where
1: I am. this is where I am with the Eagles. I'm more interested in talking about numbers and the long snapper than actual like you know the the moves that they made. What am I gonna do? Do the uh, you know Nicholas Morrow film breakdown. Let me give you all twenty-two of Nicholas Morrow. At the no,
0: Chicago but see, that's, I don't give a I don't
1: give a flying fuck about no, that
0: right now. But now you're but now you're going into like, hey, I'm so burned out on the Eagles, and we just did ten minutes on on Eagles number talk. So how burned out are I mean, you? Really? numbers though. We weren't talking about actual football. You know, I mean, talk about some football. I don't what, know. What, what do you think? Nick Sirianni? Looking all hungover at the uh, at the at the owners' media day. <laughs>
1: Some Is, that with, uh, team photo? Is that why he missed the team photo? That, or the team photo? The uh
0: probably was. He probably had <laughs> a. Ha- he probably was, uh had a hangover or something the like that. Coach's
1: photo. I like Shane Steichen too, by the way, because he's he's. I don't. I think he's younger than me. Actually, he has like no hair on the top of his head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's
1: very and... deceiving too, because he always wears a hat on the sidelines. I look at him with the hat on. I'm like, that looks like a guy who's got a full head of hair. And then he takes
0: it off, and he needs like dr paul glatt you know hair restoration very tall too so it's sneaky it's like me i have grays on top of my head but not many people can see the grays on top of my head unless i bend over uh not many people can see how bad his hairline actually is because he's like six foot three six foot four he's a big dude
1: yeah yeah so what's your so so let's get it back to baseball here um What, here, here's the funny, here's like, if, if you like ask like, what's like most on your mind, like what's the foremost thing on your mind going into this Philly season? I love how people are asking questions about World Series or bust when, you know, most of the, the predictions and the odds and whatever, don't even have them winning the division. A lot of people have them third in the division. And it's still, it's still 90 wins, but the Braves are the Braves, you know? And the Mets are probably going to met at some point, but the Mets will win ninety plus as well. So I don't. I, I guess I'm just like looking at this Philly season. I feel like people are kind of framing it improperly, and I don't. I don't want them to be like I don't.
0: Are you asking Philly fans to be rational here, Kev?
1: No, 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 not not rational. But like, I I don't want. Um, it's like, again, like if you're looking at the World Series, how how are we looking at the World Series run? Are we looking at that as like an outlier, like got yes. hot kind of thing? Yes. Okay. W- which is yes. what it should be, right? I mean, I don't, I don't sense it's, I don't sense there's too much of the World Series or bust thing, but I do hear it. And I, I don't, I just, I wouldn't be surprised if they win 90 some games, but they still are in a, a wild card spot you know is anybody like surprised by that i mean or or, or do you think people are looking at it and being like atlanta's really damn good stuff the mets are really really damn good
0: um like what i mean i I don't think anyone's gonna be upset if i I don't don't think anyone's gonna be upset if they if they get into the wild card um because like we just saw you know anyone can win out of the wild card you, you know but um i think that people are okay to be World Series of Bust. We just signed a three hundred million dollar player. We 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 got better, you know, in, in the bullpen. Um, two things that we were we were lacking. We've a we a real leadoff hitter now and a number two to set the table. Uh people, you know, a lot of people were freaking out about uh Reese Hoskins tearing his year out. It sucks, especially in a contract year. He played his last uh played his last time in the field. Um yeah, yeah. but between Derek Hall and the three hundred million dollar shortstop you just signed, I think his production should be replicated almost pretty well um you know home runs maybe that maybe not but like from a yeah from a batting standpoint he should be fine and from a fielding standpoint he should be fine and then Trey Turner the way he just you know took over the 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 WBC I mean I think I'm that's what I'm most looking forward to just how he is effortlessly effortlessly excuse me just swings now I was there uh on Saturday when Aaron Nola got absolutely shelled Um, after they stopped extension talks. That was uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Luke Donaldson took him out of the ballpark. It was the the longest ball I've ever seen hit. Mm. Um, So I hope, you know, September, Aaron Noah doesn't rear his head. Um, And then you just got to, I mean, you got to worry about a lot of things. A lot of things can go into this season. A lot of things can happen this season. Someone can get hurt, unfortunately. Ranger Suarez is already kind of dinged up. I, uh, you but know. I think that I think that helps. Does does that not help
1: though to 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 set expectations in a more realistic way? Because I think people look at the Braves, they see what they are. They look at the Mets, they see what they are. They look at Bryce Harper, they understand that he's not going to be there right away. They understand the Hoskins situation. They understand the Suarez situation. I think it helps just. I don't know, just, just, just temper things a little bit more. Not that I didn't get the sense that people were going overboard with it. I mean, it's not like we're having our like rational Tuesday Eagles talk here, but I think like all of that, when you combine, it says, Hey, they may just be kind of average. The Braves will probably go right to the top of the division. And like, nobody can really get too worked up about, you know, the Phillies kind of being in second or third in the division, you know, by the time that they play the Mets for the first time in May, because we all are going into this knowing what it is, right? I mean, am I am I wrong to look at it that way? When you
0: lay it out like that, it is it is worrisome. You look at like you said, you look at the Harper injury and you look at the uh, Reese Hoskins injury. The, the thing I said, the thing I said about Reese Hoskins in terms of production yeah. is is whatever. It's going to affect them hard in the clubhouse, because Reese yeah. is always the guy who talks to the media. It was always Reese. It was always Schwarbs. Bryce Harper doesn't like to talk to the media. He never did, and he never will.
2: I don't so think,
0: like, he's, I think he's, he's good with the media when he does. He's stuff. Good, but he won't. But he, yeah. but he won't take it on the. He's never the guy who takes it on the chin. You're talking Houston about Schwab.
1: Hoskins and Schwab being like the charismatic kind. Yeah, of Hoskins part, and you
0: know. Schwab are always the guy who takes it on the chin. Who, who yeah. you know, they just you know, in the end of uh, end of September, early October, when they had to, uh, they had to beat Houston once, and we were like, oh my god, we're staring down the barrel of another yeah uh, playoff yeah. list in October. Yeah. Those were the guys, Schwarbs and, and Hoskins, who were, like, stepping up, talking to the media, saying, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're fine with these guys, blah, blah, blah. They go out and win and obviously go to the World Series. Harper's just – I don't want to call him – he's not a leader. He's a leader on the field. He's not a leader really off the field. And obviously, we don't know what happens inside the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. But Hoskins and Schwartz were were the two leaders. And Hoskins has always been a leader even before those guys came in. It'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens with Castellanos. I actually am going to yes. be optimistic. I think he's going to have a really good season. Um, and it'll be interesting to see Jake Cave. Jake Cave, who's starting, I think, today in right field, had a really um, good spring. Yeah. Had an awesome spring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe Scott
1: Carey coming up from AAA. The Scott guy- you know, Here's the thing. I'm glad that you mentioned Cassianos because I think that's the story that people are like just completely burying. Yes. More than anything. Like, I mean, for all the talk about, oh, we don't have Harper for this amount of time, we don't have Hoskins for this amount of time. Cassianos, first of all, can't be any worse than he was last year. He's gonna have be on an upward trajectory Alec bone for sure Trey Turner is going to be a fan favorite in like two seconds yeah right so like for every negative or every like thing that you got to put on the side for every Reese Hoskins for every Bryce Harper there's a Castellanos there's a Trey Turner there's the fact that Rob Thompson's in place you know Mm -hmm. I mean it was less than a year ago they had a lame duck manager lame duck retread manager who was you know inevitably on his way out Right, so I mean, so 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 every so for every concern that anybody has about the Phillies going into the season, there's a there's something on the opposite end of the spectrum that's probably being underrated, undervalued. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I and I just worry like the, my my thing too is like I look at the roster and like I remember I I did so well gambling on the on baseball a couple years ago because all you had to do was like bet the Phillies live line to lose once the bullpen was about to come in. <laughs> It was a joke. It was like it was like a cheat code, you know. It's like, well, the Phillies are keeping it close, All right. Now I'm gonna bet live bet the other team because
0: it's the- like uh, it's like Doc Rivers up twenty. You're like, well, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put on the money line on the other team. <laughs> it's an absolute my- fucking joke. And the
1: Sixers, by the yeah. way, I'll give you my best. This is not any secret or anything, but the Sixers always come out relatively slow at home. You know they're gonna go on their run late. If you get on the live line around like, uh, you know, pick pick your spot in third quarter, like maybe like halfway through the third quarter, two minutes left in the third quarter, you know they're gonna close the gap. If you can get the Sixers at like seven and a half or six and a half or something like that, it's going to hit. Like it, it hits like almost every single time. Um, I do have an MLS, a secret MLS play. I'll give you to at the end of the, the show as well. That's that I've been making money off of. But anyway, the, the point of me saying all out. that was this is the best bullpen that they've had since Brad Lidge was here. The bullpen is friggin' stacked. The bullpen is going to be the strength of the team early in the year. You'll be able to get by with Nola Wheeler, Taiwan Walker, and Hopefully Suarez comes back sooner rather than later, but I'm not worried because I feel like I've just framed the Phillies season properly. You know what I mean? And I know that we always, I know it's like preaching to the choir because we're more pragmatic than anybody when it comes to this stuff. But for every negative thing that you can say about them going into it, every reason for concern, you can point to another underrated topic that people aren't talking about that falls on the positive side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm.
0: It'll be hilarious if they get shut out by Degrom today. The takes, the takes will be great. One of one sixty-two. It'll be like I just I can't believe this. Team, can't believe this team has a World Series hangover.
1: But isn't that the beautiful you know. thing about baseball? Though I mean the the the, be- the best thing about one sixty-two is you just fucking forget about it. The next one hundred and sixty.
0: There's one hundred and sixty-two. That's too many games.
1: Yeah, it is too many. But it, it we, we don't have the best part about baseball is that you don't have those like lingering week long like beat to death you know fake outrage. You know, okay, like conversations, you know Good what I mean? We there, Kev, we can't stew on it for a whole week and we can't beat it to death on sports talk radio because you're right back at it the next day. I you like know? where your head's at, yeah, yeah. And that's that's why I like that's that. Here's the secret of it, too is like, I, I mean, I'm kind of burying the lead when I talk about how baseball mm-hmm. helped Crossing Broad have its best year ever last year because there's something happening every single friggin' day, every single yeah. day. Man, i was mean, like, a, it was a, a joke. It was the easiest time that you and I have probably had because World Series game, there's a World Series game the next day, there's a game the next day, and like there was three or four viral things that came off of every one of those games. You just bang, 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 throw them up on the site, it takes like 10 seconds, and everybody was clicking on it, you know. So that's the positive side of 162 and the frequency of the games is that we're not gonna get bogged down into these like Jonathan Gannon kind of bullshit arguments, you know, because there's just so much saturation of the
0: game yeah. itself because you, you we're not going to get like, you know, side sidebarred by all that, you know. Yeah, it's funny with the Eagles like you react to the game on Monday, then Tuesday you blame one of the, either the offense or the defense, then you blame on Wednesday, you go deeper dive into the defense if you blame them yeah. on a Wednesday. It's then it's Sirianni's fault, then it's someone else. Then we're gearing up for the next opponent and then we get the Sunday and we do it all over again. You're right. Now I like this. Good no, good then, good then you get the defensive, internet. you got to wait 72 hours in the defensive coordinator
1: press conference and then this it's like we've dissected, we've beaten every single game to death. Yeah. And sometimes like less is more in that regard because you're just okay, we're on to the next one, man. Let's play the next game. So, so that's what I was how's the water up there? It tastes like shit because I poured this out of my tap before I came onto the show. Just, so I gotta make okay. sure to go down. What here. are you
0: this bougie guy who use drinks the, use the use filter some, next
1: time? Yeah. Some I'm, bougie
0: guy who drinks Fiji water or something.
1: Wait, so you got so you obviously you were out you went right from Tampa to, to
0: Denver, right? So, yeah. you, so you missed the whole thing. I mean I missed what I missed was a video opportunity of going down to an Acme and literally interviewing everybody who came out with eight cases. <laughs> I was pissed off. I would have yelled yeah. at Craig to get his camera and get the hell over here. We got to go interview outside an Acme. And he would have been like, Oh, I just ran yeah. seven miles. My knee hurts. Yeah, I can't do it. I ran at a brewery. So I'm hammered. RPA. I was, um,
1: I was not surprised that people flocked to the grocery stores to get all their shit, even though like they, the, city and the water department said nothing wrong with it right now you know but their messaging was stupid it was like well it's good until at least <laughs> like 11 59 p.m tomorrow night, and then what yeah. and then the water becomes shit so i don't know i just felt like they could have the city could have handled it a lot better mm-hmm. to prevent like the uh the rush on uh you know the side
0: yeah i mean that's the thing it was the messaging sucked and then it was like there was a lot of fresh water out in denver i'll tell you that it snowed yeah and i've seen snow in about more than 365 days, but the thing is, it was really funny, you know, watching these videos from out there because it was like people were packing there, you know. The Philly captain was was doing it where he was going around all the all the aisles and everything. There was no water; it felt a lot like uh, toilet paper during the pandemic. Yeah. Why we ever thought that you know our asses needed to be clean as much as they did, um, that was interesting. <laughs> But um, why why yeah, do we, we trying, have to buy? Are we doing paper? extra? Are we doing extra wiping during COVID? I don't. Yeah, know Yeah, I was. Remember. I'm trying to remember why we had to buy more toilet paper. I, uh, like I don't <laughs> know if the sewage system was going to shut down or something like that. I didn't know how that. Uh, are we like, having? Are we having, having more uh, bowel movements during? I guess because we they thought we were going to go on lockdown. I don't know. That feels yeah. like forever ago, and I'm happy. It feels like forever ago, but yeah. it's just uh, you know watching everybody take out like. 10 15 cases of water and then you guys got people in the parking lot uh there's this kid who's like selling like five dollars of water and everything he's like price gouging like he's martin uh, Shkreli raising the price of diabetes medicine and it's just it was uh i i just it's it's a great really social economic kind of uh experience you know who who, who can be the biggest piece of shit is the best yeah you know, the guy who buys 15 packs shot. of water or is it the guy who's selling water to uh this poor mother who who didn't get there in time uh who's got to pay 500% increase in uh in designing? <laughs> you have
1: Yeah, Martin Shkreli, the pharma bro who bought the Wu-Tang album and he then went the give attack or whatever, album. right? Yeah, no, it's it's a good snapshot of all. That. It reminded me of COVID cuz like people just stopped giving a shit about anybody but themselves, you know. Uh, and, yeah. and rugged individualism pagan uh took over once again this this time in the form of uh people hoarding all the bottled water even though there's nothing wrong with the
0: dude it, it looked like a Black Friday TV sale in some of these uh yeah some of these grocery stores
1: by the way you know one of my favorite facts about Philadelphia when I was living there was that the water the drinking water was like some of the highest rated drinking water in the country yeah uh, which flies against the face of like how shitty the rivers look <laughs> <laughs> but you know both both times you know
0: that's why the bagels are just as good here as they are in uh, New York.
1: <laughs> i don't know it was just weird i i like um i, I it, it made me realize how little i actually know about water and water treatment this is a good water treatment talk on the podcast by the way you would have been affected though because you're in fishtown and the baxter uh the baxter treatment plant uh that's where you get your water from from the northeast from lower bucks flows down from
0: from there so You might have been going to get bottled bottled water. I don't know. Yeah, I was in one of the uh, potentially affected zip codes and whatnot. Anything else before we uh, we have the best guest we've ever had on before? Um, Andy Carl from uh, for he runs the nil temple. He's coming on because you know why? Yeah, you got your guy. Balls back, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Temple Show. The Temple
1: Show with Pagan. Yep. Yeah. Hey,
0: you want to sit this one out? You're just jealous. No, you know what? We're not going to talk about. It. We're not going to do the interview before the interview. Um, but everything's good in Montgomery County. No, uh, no water crisis. Felt good, man. I got a creek flowing through the backyard. I thought
1: I was going to have to come down in the truck and just load them up and do a little humanitarian thing. And you know, I was going to be Trump in Puerto Rico. I was going to be <laughs> tossing, <laughs> tossing bottled
0: water out there, everybody. Dude, I don't know if you responded to this. Johnny Marks called your ass out for a pickleball match. Are you going to do it? Uh, no.
1: No, I'm not going to play <laughs> pickleball. I'll play tennis. I'll play him in tennis. You know? Why not? Play some pickleball. I, I don't know. These are on the joints. Yeah, but my joints are fine. I'm only 38. I'm not like arthritic. Arthritic. Brother, arthritic. If
0: my joints aren't good and I'm 30, you know you get out of bed and you're hurting a little bit. Why are your joints not good? I got bad knees. I got a bad shoulder. My hip. I'm like the damn tin man. Okay, so is this
1: from basketball? Did you have Osgood Schlatters as well? Too?
0: I had a little small case of Osgood Slaughter, but I don't want to claim Osgood Slaughter. I don't want to say like I benefited from Osgood Slaughter awareness, <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> I no, I I don't because I know people who are majorly affected by it and yeah. they claim that it took away their D1 NBA dreams and stuff so I don't, I don't have, don't I, have I have it on my right knee uh, it doesn't like affect anything I do but like
1: if you get if I get hit on my right knee yes it hurts okay so Craig is bringing up the uh, tweet the fake news tweet from Darren Revell here that says new data commissioned by the Association of Pickleball Professionals whatever the fuck that is the Association of pickleball professionals suggest that 19% of the US adult population has played pickleball at least once this year. That's 48.3 million Americans. The average age of that player is 34.8 year olds. Pagan, do you think that 48.3 million Americans have played uh, pickleball since January? Yes.
0: Yes, I do. Dude there are a ton of pickleball courts there are a ton of athletic facilities there are a ton of athletic clubs and all there and there's like 15 pickleball courts in like each one of them you you times that by 50 50,000 people a year yeah this is this is true data
1: 48.3 million do you think honestly think that 48.3 million in this con- people in this country even know what pickleball is yes i do i don't i don't i do i think it's all 100%. fake i think it's all bullshit I mean look at look at where the numbers came from the American P- pickleball association or something.
2: Mhm.
0: Hey, My mom's your mom right here. Now. I know. Your mom know. right here. Hundreds yeah. of thousands of people alone
1: live in the villages, but none of them are 34.9 years old on average, right? So that's why it's fake news, you know. That's that's the median number. I agree All with right. David who says it's more like 5 million
0: here. All right, let's get our uh, let's get our guest on. All right. Let's bring on Andy Carl out of Temple. What's so- up? Look how like, happy. That's a nice Look sweatshirt you got going there. Thank you. Look how happy Andy is because you know why, Kev? Andy Fisher. That's all you need to know. Andy, Adam Fisher. Adam Fisher. I'm I more
2: happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know who the coach is. Just, you don't even know the coach's name. Spent a little too much time in Denver, I see. Still, yeah. still some some after effects. It's the altitude sickness.
1: Yeah. Right. We got altitude. him. He's the coach
2: that we wanted. We
1: got
0: him.
2: And I got oh, his sh- name wrong. You know? Steve Fisher.
0: Steve. Yeah, Steve <laughs> Fisher. So, for, for anyone that doesn't know, Andy, Andy, uh, Andy, helped leads the uh, the tough fund, which is the the NIL fund at uh, at Temple and everything. Huge Temple fan. You want to see a guy get on the refs, Kev? You should see this guy right behind the bench. No oh, yeah. AAC ref is safe with Andy there. But Andy, how we uh, how do we feel? Break this break this move down for people. Obviously, we had um, the assistant from Missouri who was supposedly offered a deal. Uh, There's been sources that come out said he was never offered that deal. And now we have Fisher. And how do you feel?
2: Uh, Well, I'm ecstatic. I think it's a, a a great hire. Uh, He can recruit. Um, He's been at some pedigreed programs, Miami, uh, Villanova, Mm -hmm. Penn state to a certain degree. And um, he's just, I think well-respected. I think he's, uh, young and energetic which I think we may have um, uh, well I, I, don't, I don't know the, the last time we had a, a head coach under the age of 40 um, True. And so uh, it's uh, it's a it's a new day it's 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 you know it's I was joking with someone it's, it's it's something that like Rutgers football has recruited on for like the last 15 years which is like hope and promise and an opportunity right so like uh, I, I'm excited to have uh, uh, someone that's Somewhat local, somewhat uh, has has and and, and has uh, recruited successfully in the area, yeah. um, and but has done it at different stops. And um, I'm excited for it. Uh, to go back to what you were you mentioned regarding the the hiring process, I still don't know who and what and when and how folks were offered. Um, I know that as things were breaking yesterday, Adam Fisher was already on campus. Uh, so when John Rothstein is sending out tweets and hoping shit sticks to a wall um, and generating a palpable buzz, uh, <laughs> Adam Fisher was already on campus um, and uh, I think moving in the direction of being our next men's basketball coach.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting because I wrote a blog on, on Crossing Broad and I was like, I can't believe we just got publicly like – denied by a by a coach. Like he was offered a, supposedly offered a two, denied it by three. And then all of a sudden, uh, Adam Fisher is is the coach by 530. There's a press release, there's an interview, everything's tweeted out. There's nothing that moves that fast in academia ever. So as I was ready to send Temple to the PSAC, I also yeah. then became all the way back in. How important do you think it was that uh they could they get a guy who has a success recruiting around the uh, around the area of Philadelphia.
2: So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's important that you have someone that has ties to the area. I, I, I also kind of bang on the big five as being the most parochial, ancestral entity that I, you know, that yeah. I know. Um
0: Fran Dumphy's on his he's gonna be on the big he's gonna be on every big five uh coaching seminar. I mean, hey, listen, done.
2: we need a university president right now, Fran Dumphy, Come on. <laughs> true, yeah. He did teach a class at Temple. He did. Um so I thought it was important, but I, I I wasn't limited to it. I think you know, if you look at at the the past and, and Temple fans love to do that, some of our best we have. basketball players have not come from the Philadelphia area, whether it's Mark Macon or um, you know, just the, the, the list is, goes on and on and on. And even, and recently, I mean, even last year only, I sure. think it was, you know, two guys are from kind of the immediate Philadelphia area, depending on if you consider like Wildwood, the immediate Philadelphia area. Um, so I thought it was important. I, I also thought that Charlton Young had an interesting resume. I, I, I thought that, he, he showed success recruiting at a, a, a number of different places. Um, he, he recruited a lot of talent at, at Florida state and obviously Missouri um, has done well under Dennis Gates and, and bringing him on. Um, but I also thought that, you know, like it'd be disingenuous not to watch the March Madness and see Miami in the final four and go, well, two of their five starters were recruited by Adam Fisher to Miami in Isaiah Wong and uh, Hugo Poplar. So um I, I just think, you know, in terms of like what I personally wanted was energy and understanding of a new landscape of Nil and the transfer portal and and all of these things. I mean, he was integral in bringing Jalen Pickett to Penn State um, out of the transfer portal, and he ended up being an all American. So um, yeah, no, i'm 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 excited. the The process was kind of convoluted a little longer than maybe what some other processes uh, took place. But, um, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's an input-output game. And, and so, you know, we have our head coach, and I think people are really excited. From a tough fund perspective at NIL, we've already seen a ton of interest. Ooh. Um, oh. uh, probably a dozen to two dozen donations in the last less than 24 hours. And, and some that are talking about significantly making an impact. Um, you know, obviously, we have several players in the transfer portal right now. Um, and, and that is just the reality of it. And, and some are obviously through reports are getting significant offers um, that, that uh, you know.
0: How nuts is NIL? It's crazy. As much as you can go into it, how nuts like from like, your, you know, obviously, we're AAC team. Um, we're not power five, but like when you, when you hear, you know, your buddies talking or people, you know, and
2: stuff, how crazy is like power five NIL? Insane. Um, you know, as like someone that runs a a collective, I have people approach us (laughs) with, with like, Hey, you interested in this player? Uh, it'll be X amount of dollars. And like, we're talking guys that have one year left. And they're coming from an ACC program and they're being offered $200,000, right? Um, And, you know, just from the players that we have and, you know, former Temple players that are in the portal, just some of the numbers that we hear, it's just, but it's the reality of it. It's no longer like the Wild West, it's just the West, right? Like this is what it is, you know? And, um, and so we're living in it. And so you either modernize or die. Like nobody cares that we have the sixth most wins in the NCAA anymore. Uh, You know, we haven't been to a sweet 16 since 2001. Um, So it's time to modernize and uh, embrace what NIL is um, until Lord knows the the government steps in and and does whatever they do and regulates it and everything. um, Yeah. Right. And Hmm. so, um, so that's, that's kind of where it is. I mean, it's it's just the reality of of the landscape, and 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 you know every city six program is dealing with it. So,
0: yeah. Kev, I don't want to steal all your thunder. I know you're a big Temple basketball fan, so if you want to answer a question, get no, one.
2: No, but I've I'm I've, I mean Oscar Theebway, right? You're a West Virginia guy, right? West, that's not, but yeah, that's he's going to take coming. a pay cut whenever he leaves Kentucky, and I'm sure he he got all a right. a pay bump when he left West Virginia. So yeah,
1: yeah, but that the, but you know I was going to say. um, like the big example I think of when I think of Nil is uh, Jordan Addison was at Pitt and then straight up said, I'm going to USC because they can pay me more money you know and and it wasn't I, I don't I know that everything that's new and everything that changes in college sports like we gotta get used to it for a year or two or three or whatever and then you see how it plays out. I think the, talking about the wild West and the West comparison it makes a lot of sense because it's it's not it, it's like you know, Everybody's saying the quiet part out loud now, really. Like, And it basically, like, NIL has turned college sports into the soccer transfer market because it's just like, I'm going to pay you. I'm Saudi Arabia. We're going to pay you 200 million dollars for Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, I don't know if that's how anybody expected NIL to work out or intended NIL to work out. And they probably didn't. But based on what you've seen so far, where do you think it ends up? Or if when they do come in and kind of like regulate it a little bit more, make some tweaks, what do you think those tweaks are going to be?
2: I ultimately think there's going to be a a breakaway of the haves and have nots. I I think, I don't know if if they're going, if student athletes are eventually going to be considered employees. Um, I think what we may see is they're almost, student athletes are almost looked at as marketing assets of a university and are paid as a marketing asset um, and and get a share of the the television money, the gate, that type of thing. And then they'll, so there'll be a chasm of universities and institutions that can handle that and can't. And, and so I think that's where we're trending. Um, I don't think you'll ever be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube and say, you know what? This wasn't a good idea. Uh, we didn't intend for it to be pay to play. Um, and uh, we really just wanted it Uh, so that the the female basketball players from Miami can monetize their millions of TikTok followers yeah yeah that it's just not that that's just not what is taking place and um, I'm all for student athletes getting what the market will bear um, but you're you're seeing the unintended consequences of all this and so um, you know we're you know at, at at the Tough Fund, we're, we're trying to modernize as best we can. And, and um, you know, we, we kind of on the onset of this is we had a couple goals. We, we wanted to um, set the table for Temple fans, boosters, alumni to, to be able to, you know, provide what we can provide to our student athletes. So they have a, a robust and uh, whole experience. Um, and we want to win. And, you know, we want to at least have one agreement with uh, every team a student athlete from every team in the first year and we're, we're trending in that right direction. So um, it's a learning experience. Uh, you know, I, I spoke to a class at Temple and they asked, you know, well, you know, how do you get your information? And I said, like, basically the same way all of you do, like I read Twitter. And when the state changes their rules, that's when I find out or when the NCAA changes their rules and I kind of adapt. And, and, and so um, it's been, fun it's, it's been eye-opening uh, but uh, I'm excited uh, for for how the tough fun can um, kind of embrace the future of, of temple athletics.
0: So what do we need? I know Miami has some like crazy, insane booster. Like, do we need like the, uh, the the Bob Saget estate? Do we need the Adam McKay? Do we need Diplo to start, you know, back in the. Uh, <laughs> that was a murderer's row of.
2: of uh, well, it's I mean, that Temple could have. A, there. I mean, well, you want to throw out bedroom. like, uh, you know, a, a pudding spokesperson also. We, or? we
0: lost the one that we used to rely on. You know what we
2: need? We need people that care about Temple to step up. And, and, okay. and I always talk about like the three T's, right? It's time, talent or treasure everybody can offer something, right? So it's either, you know, someone like you that comes to campus and, and, and augments uh, the audience uh, of, of, uh, of of awareness of games. It's, you know, what I do is volunteer in various capacities, whether it's in NIL or with the Alumni Association or with my individual school, or it's people that just cut a check and say like, let's go win. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the three, and you know it's just a matter of getting people to step up and embrace what this is. Some of it's education on our part, education on the university's part, so that people feel comfortable with this. Because ultimately, it's an uncomfortable thing, right? Some mm-hmm. people feel a little dirty, and, and, and it's not a perfect situation, but it's the situation that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. And so again, it's like adapt or die. And so we're, we're trying to put our best foot forward to, to make that happen.
0: And it's also going to be affected by winning. And, you know, that's what we're hoping here and stuff. And is there is there any chance the Temple could string together, football or basketball? Say like five seasons. Because now, you know, the Houston's are leaving, Cincinnati's leaving. We have like – it's like us, Memphis,
2: SMU, and then we have I – mean, hey, actually- Let's be honest here. If you look at who's leaving and who's coming in, North Texas and UAB are in the NIT finals. Yes, they are. FAU is in the final four. I mean, mm-hmm. Houston supposedly was the number one team in the nation. but That's true.
0: And we got the roadrunners.
2: Pretty bad teams this yeah. season. We got the roadrunners. Wow. They're a top 25. So I, I, I feel like we're in a better position right now going into <laughs> next season at conference than, you know. Um, but, yeah, no. Listen, yeah. like, you play who's on your schedule. You beat them. You win. Winning begets fans, donations, all of that. People want to play in, in you know, it's uh, in full arenas. And so, yeah, we, we need to be able to to string together some wins. And, and the nice thing about NIL and the transfer portal is you don't have to wait for freshmen to turn into seniors for four years. You can change. You can you can get old and stay old really, really quickly. I mean, look at Kansas State. They had two guys on their roster from last year and they went on a run. Now, obviously, a little different Big 12, but. All it takes is one good coach that understands the portal and, and can get this up and running, and um, and I think I think uh, Adam Fisher um, uh, can be the guy to do that. So,
1: I think the player movement has been the biggest positive in all of the changes that they've made over the last couple of years. Because there's no reason that like a coach should be should have been able to quit on his team and go take another job, and then the player has to like sit out for a year to go to go join. It. So that I think has made things more enjoyable. I just, I I guess it's just the optics of making these guys out to be like mercenaries, you know, like who's the highest bidder, you know, but again, that's, that's the, we're all playing by the same rules now. Right. right? Yeah. I mean,
2: if, 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 you know, someone in the Boyer school of music gets offered, you know, $20,000 to go join the BYU's uh, marching band, they're going to, they're going to do it. And they're completely allowed to, right. Like they're going to go out there and,
0: do I'll whatever BYU
2: students do and, um, uh, and, and go to the highest bidder or the best situation. And so yeah, uh, yeah. it's no different. Um, I think it's, I, I think it maybe, uh, is it gives a quicker escape and, and a little less hesitation than it would have maybe five years ago where, you know, sometimes people needed to kind of fight through adversity as freshmen and like, you know, like that's, not limited to just basketball or football players. Like, yeah, you know, I yeah. came from middle of nowhere, Berks County, Pennsylvania and my freshman first semester at temple, I was like, like, Whoa. Yeah. But like, it gives you some hesitation. And and now um, kind of the immediacy of decisions and um, you know, has, has maybe altered roster management and, and, and decision-making, but
1: well, yeah, I mean, it's like it gives people an out to, like, quit on a team or go somewhere else if they have to. I mean, there's good reasons to transfer. There's good reasons to go in the portal. You know, if you're the coach who recruited you leaves, then you want to go in the portal and leave and say, hey, I didn't come here to play for this other guy. I came here right. to play for the guy who just left. That's a positive of it. I think it's funny, too. Like, I just want to go back real quick to when you're talking about the haves and the have-nots because boosters have been a large part of college athletics for forever now. And so it was just it was just money going towards different things. Money has always been important in, in college sports. Like, for example, we have this guy at West Virginia who's this, like, huge pharmaceutical dude or whatever, right? Yeah. He pays enough money, he gets his name on the stadium, right? You know, yeah. Milan Pushkar, I don't, I don't even... We called it some Fugazi thing, like Mountaineer Field at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Right. Or like yeah. so, the, so the pharmaceutical money is coming in regardless, right? Right. Alabama has boosters that are going to be, you know, paying for new locker rooms or so. So it's, it's always been there, and it's just about the money coming in differently or being allocated differently or going directly to the players. But I don't, I don't know if I sense this big shift in like the have-nots becoming the haves
2: because it, it, it just, I don't know. I still feel like- I would say like it's the great equalizer, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately the big state use that have always kind of been powerful will stay powerful. Yeah. Though I have seen through NIL- some other programs in I don't know the A10 or something like that that have been able to retain players because of NIL when maybe they would have yeah. lost them before. The I mechanism, go back the mechanism like is there to do and that. It used to be about yeah. facilities and and water slides in their facility. You know, Temple plays like pays like three or four million dollars to play at the link, right? Mm-hmm. Would Temple be more successful paying rent to the three? So let's just say three million dollars. To the link, and no, nothing in nil, or does that money better spent if three million dollars went to your roster and they played at Simon Gratz High School?
0: It would be it would be better if it went yeah if it went to Edberg Olson Hall and they played there yeah like you're right 100%. like
2: and that's like a question that you would have never thought of five years ago when people were building these outrageous facilities. It's but now you know it's if it's really about the Jimmys and the Joes and not the X's and the O's and talent. Um, it's 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 interesting what asset allocation looks like now.
0: I got one more for you before we let you go. Uh, conference realignment is everywhere, obviously. If they string together a couple of good seasons and stuff, could we see them kind of going somewhere? Maybe you know, I'm just throwing conferences out there. The ACC, maybe the Big Ten, or maybe Big East for basketball and stuff. Like, I, I just I, I just find it I find it crazy that people wouldn't want the Philadelphia market.
2: Yeah, I think the market thing has kind of maybe subsided a little bit just because of cutting the cord so like you're not locking in the philadelphia market into a a certain package like i don't think ruckers or maryland would be in the big 10 today if Mm -hmm. if cord cutting took place five ten years ago um because you know the big 10 wanted the the new york market because of ruckers well um with the big 10 network and, and and cord cutting i think it changes i think ultimately there's always going to kind of be this evolution, right? I I don't see schools like Clemson and Florida state being happy in the, and Miami being happy in the ACC. I think ultimately they'll try and break their grand of rights. Um, And then I hope it, you know, for the sake of, of temple, um, you know, and I kind of feel like we're always waiting for everybody else to figure out their stuff. And then we kind of are just like left with like, Hey, look, we have this left. It'd be nice if, you know, we strung together five strong years and really put together, you know, something where we could be marketable. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't find it sustainable playing North Texas on a Tuesday night in basketball. Um, But, you know, you you hope that you get something in place where, you know, we string together and kind of get back to our our roots and beat the teams that we have to play against over the next five years in basketball and in football. And, um, you know, and that kind of provides us at a springboard. So when, there is time for realignment, whether, you know, you you see like the Pac-12 is probably looking at expanding to maybe like SMU or San Diego State or both. Um, and and I think, you know, like I said, the, like the Clemsons and Miamis and the Florida States may want to join something like the SEC. And, and then you kind of see, does the Big Ten pick off some of the other large state universities um, like UNC or Virginia you know, to go to the big 10 and then what's left, you know, you might have some regional, you know, partners that, that temple could fit in. But if you don't like conference realignment, just wait about six months and it changes all over again. So, (laughs) um, you know, so, so the, the, the hope is that, um, you know, temple needs to take care of temple, right? We need to stop worrying about everybody else and we just need to like step up and 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 do what we need to do and take care of what we need to do. Um and then let the chips fall where they they may.
0: I love it. If anyone listening to this is a uh, temple alum, or everyone anyone listening to this that's not a temple alum that just loves temple basketball, and remembers the good old days. Donate to the damn NIL. When could be where could people yeah, find it? Yeah, or
2: her? or just like a recent lottery winner or someone that just found, found like gold bullion in their backyard. We'll we <laughs> we accept all forms of you got, if you're one of the last remaining FTX survivors. Here, EJ, come EJ on Water, in.
0: here's this gold bullion. Yeah, right,
2: right, like, yeah. You know, like they have grand. a fan that they, like, shook out of, like, the, the Schuylkill River. <laughs> go, and, go cash that yeah. in. Yeah, yeah
1: what's <laughs> Sam Bankman Freed doing right now? You know,
2: is, he, uh, is he freed? Yeah. Yeah. Or is he locked up? I don't know. <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, it's – it's. I appreciate uh, allowing me to come here and shoot the breeze and, you know –
0: yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm.
2: you don't see you don't see Villanova people on this thing. Well, oh, we try to keep it. Listen, it was tough to follow Ryan Sayers. I'll be honest.
0: That is true. He's a he's a ball of energy. That one. he's so, he's a, he's uh, a, he's but, a, he's uh, a typical walk on. I like that. But no, thank you so much, Andy. And, uh, and and good luck with everything. And I'll see you down the uh, I'll see you down at Lee, of course. Keep giving those refs in the AAC hell, baby. Someone has to. Yeah, I'll talk to you. All right. Well, that make you jealous that we have a plan in West Virginia and Bob Huggins doesn't. Uh,
1: well, no, we haven't had a plan for <laughs> five. we had a plan for like five years in either sport. So I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on West Virginia sports right now
0: until both the coaches are gone. Then I'll be back in. I mean, all our all our like billionaire boosters are dead. <laughs> so like it's just like all the billionaire boosters like, oh yeah it's like yeah. lewis Katz, he unfortunately passed yeah. away it's like he i mean i don't know what the lewis Katz estate is doing right now but it's yeah. like uh, okay um and then i think there's this one woman who like dropped out oh kimmel sydney kimmel she dropped out of uh temple so she's not even a temple alum but that's the only two billionaires we have that have any ties to temple so yeah. we need somebody to just become a billionaire or even a even a hundred millionaire and mm-hmm. uh i would love to be a booster all right now i could probably do about five dollars reoccurring mm-hmm. donation A month, um, but I'd like to get that maybe at the 20 25 someday, you know. Goals,
1: yeah. Let me see. Uh, I think we have an opening day roster that just dropped here.
0: J. Cave, Uh, give me the caveman.
1: Oh, I what is this? This is like a cartoon graphic here. I can't even, um, Trey Turner, JT Real Muto, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Bryson Stud, Nick Castellanos, Derek Hall, Brandon Marsh, J. Cave,
0: Alec Bone. This is like. Yeah. a cartoon graphic here. Is that what you just said? The cartoon graph? Yeah, what am I? Backyard oh, Phillies. Backyard baseball. Show some respect. No, I don't
1: fucking know. I don't know what that is.
0: No Pablo Sanchez, though.
1: No. No uh, Oduble Herrera. No Juris Familia on here. No Cesar Hernandez. Uh
0: Dude, shout out to the Phils man. Roman if anyone Quinn. remembers the 2013, 2014, 15 era. The Phil's social media was was god awful. Yeah, um, they've really turned it around the last ten years. So shout out to them. This is an awesome idea. The fightings. All right. Uh, anything else you got today? Go, Phils. Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, it's just good to be back. Jokic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. So here, here's here's what I'm gonna say. People in Denver hate when you call him jokic but what i don't understand is why is his nickname the joker and not the yoker if it's Jokic, um, people in denver go into a blind fit of rage it's in it's insane Jokic, thank you because his last name is uh
1: serbian but we okay. then we we use an english word for
0: his nickname that so makes we say, no sense he's the yoker now just a big, big egg yolk. He's, an, he's a yoker now. He's gonna get, he's gonna get fried by Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah, we we'll have Ohio's to do like a, we
1: we'll have to do a Mount Rushmore of like names that Pagan just did, cannot pronounce correctly.
0: David Odoman.
2: <laughs> David
1: Odoman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Adelman, uh Nikola Jokic, Nakobe Dean. Cove Dean. That was a good and one.
0: Adam and uh, Andy Smith, Andy Fisher. <laughs> What an we idiot! got him. Dude. He was our first choice. We got him, dude. I, I am, I am an idiot. Jokic, so. Jokic, Jokic But know. hey, I appreciate everybody who watches this show and listens to this show and everything. Even though I, it is hosted by a big dumb idiot. Um, I hope the Phils win today and take it to Jacob Degrom. And uh, I just, I'm just happy to be back. I missed you. I missed Ford. I missed Philly fan. I missed yeah. Bumpy Jonas. Yeah. I missed you, Kevin. Uh, I didn't miss Craig because I was with him. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this has been the broadcast and uh we will talk to you on tuesday have a great week